Welcome to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Hi, I'm Kim Marcellus, Senior Editor of McKnight's Long-Term Care News. Today, I'm at the Nick Fall Conference in Washington, D.C., where I'm joined by Jessica Johnson, Manager of Healthcare Banking for BOK Financial. BOK, Regional Financial Services Company, is headquartered in Oklahoma with $50 billion in assets under management and administration. Jessica, thanks for inviting McKnight's to the BOK suite. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be back. It's fall, Nick. It's good to be surrounded by this energy again. This is my first fall show, so it's nice to be here. I've, I've done this in the spring before, but um, I'm also a Washington, D.C. native, so always feels like coming home. So we're here to discuss today how skilled nursing operators can get the capital they need to pursue renovations or maybe make other capital upgrades in the current environment. Uh, of course, current is open to interpretation given what day of the week you're talking about right now. I mean, conditions seem to be changing so much, uh, market expectations as well. Yesterday, Wall Street had its worst day since June 2020 following some unexpected news about persistent inflation. So that's really added to the buzz here. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what the mood's been as far as the folks you've talked with? It's certainly a hot topic of conversation right now. Obviously, uh, the news changes by the week, like you mentioned. And I think that leading up to this point, there's been a lot of debate about whether are we in a recession right now? Are we actually going to be in a recession? Um, what does this look like six, 12, 18 months down the road? I think you know, between Powell's comments at the meeting a few weeks ago and what we saw with the inflation reports earlier this week, I think a recession is highly likely. Um, now, you know, at one point we were expecting maybe a 50 basis point increase from the Fed in interest rates next week. I think that sounds more like 75 basis points to 100 basis points at this point. Um, and we're probably likely in for one more rate increase before the end of the year. Um, I think this is a creating a sense of urgency with owner operators to get deals across the finish line sooner rather than later. Sure. If they have deals that are already in the works, how we can expedite that process, get things, get rates locked in. If that's where the, the option that they choose, it's certainly better to do it as quickly as possible. Now, there is some debate about whether it makes sense to lock a rate. For those that follow interest rates, we're in what we would call an inverted yield curve environment okay. today, meaning that if you lock a rate seven for seven or 10 years, your rate will actually be lower than if you lock that rate in for three to five years. Three short-term money is more expensive right now. Okay. So the debate then becomes, do I lock in or do I float my rate and wait this out. And that's the conversations that we're constantly having with borrowers and clients. Okay. And, and certainly I would think um, each individual client you work with is going to have different factors that, that help uh, push them toward one decision or another. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I know you specialize in the healthcare side of things. So let's talk a little bit about skilled care. Um, you know, I think all of us understand inflation in our own pocketbooks and, and how that affects us and our families. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about the effects of the inflation and higher interest rates, particularly for your skilled clients? Sure. I mean, obviously, inflation makes borrowing more expensive. There, I mean, there's no way around that. I think between interest rates going up and cost of labor, cost of supplies, I mean, everything across the board is getting more expensive on an income statement for an owner operator at this time. Now, that being said, I think if you asked most operators how they view inflation, they would encourage it to happen. They want us to be in a recession. That needs to happen. A, it's the only way that we're going to slow down inflation. But at the rate that we're going right now, there's no way that 
reimbursement is ever going to keep up with wage growth. And the only way that wage growth slows down is if interest rates rise and we find ourselves in a recession. So inflation, we hope, abates very quickly because I don't think that it can continue and I don't think that creates an environment where operators can be successful. And so while interest rate increases can be painful from a borrowing perspective, I think ultimately it will help our economy get to a place where it's actually feasible to operate your facilities in this environment. It's interesting. I, I just wrote a little bit about that a few weeks ago about how typically skilled nursing does well in a recession uh, because of the labor factors that you just mentioned. Uh, but there's some question about whether that's going to be the same this year because of the impact of COVID and people will still maybe demand those wages um, even with the idea, well, I can't just get another job now because fewer people are, are hiring. So there's a lot to play out there. But I do understand what you're saying about uh, taking one pressure valve down at least if some of the labor impacts do come true, as we've seen in the past. So you kind of already talked about this, but if you can maybe go a little bit deeper into this idea of sitting it out, you know, if, if I think it is better to wait, can you go into a little bit more about some of the risk factors there? We know, just based on demographic data, that five, ten years from now, we are going to have, we do have an aging population, and there will be increased demand for skilled nursing and senior housing services. Uh, there's been a general push from very high levels of government to move towards a more of a home health model. I think that's a short-sighted uh, view, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Home health, A, if we already have a labor crisis and we can't staff nursing homes, how in the world are we going to put individualized care into people's homes, right? And then B, home health is incredibly expensive. And so when you stack up all the different options, skilled nursing care is honestly the most effective, most efficient way to deliver that level of acuity care to patients. And so I believe that there will continue to be a demand, that that demand will continue to grow. The question becomes, can owner-operators and investors stomach a lower return in the interim until we get to a place where that demand catches up with what's available out in the marketplace. I think if you give it three to four years, I think we're having a much different conversation about okay. supply and demand. Um, what I tell my borrowers is if a deal makes sense for you, you should move forward with it while you have the opportunity. If there's a value add on a facility that is in a geographic area that meshes well with your existing portfolio where you can realize some synergies in costs mm -hmm. and perhaps in labor, you should take the opportunity and take advantage of that while it's on the table. I am starting to see movement in the market um, for as dire as everyone will say that this industry is right now. The truth is that there is two contingents. There are those that have survived on the PPP money and the right. HHS stimulus money that they got, and that's running out now. And if you haven't managed that well, if you haven't managed your building and your expenses tightly, that's probably catching up with you. Um, and then there's the flip side where you have operators that have been extremely diligent, have managed their expenses as best they can, are very knowledgeable about the space and skilled operators, and they have either liquidity that they can tap into to make acquisitions today, or because of their reputation in the market as a quality operator, they have sources of equity that they can tap into, whether that's... Um, investors, private equity, but there's still money out there that wants to partner with really good operators. 
And, and during some of the opening sessions today, we heard about the demographics you noted, and one of the speakers referenced this idea of if you see the demographic shifting in three to four years, but you don't have your project underway now, you're going to be chasing that. And, you know, for those folks that you're identifying that do have uh, the liquidity or the equity potential, then, you know, they have the chance to get ahead potentially here. I, w- I would just add, too, you know, the truth is that construction is almost untenable in a lot of instances right now. If you're trying to make a new project work from the ground up, it just doesn't pencil out in a lot of cases. You have to bring so much equity to the table. Um, your loan to cost much must be much lower from a lender perspective to make a deal work. And so if construction isn't an option, how else are you going to grow? And maybe that means acquisition of value-add assets that you can turn into what you need them to be three to four years down the road rather than sitting on the sidelines and waiting for a better opportunity that may or may not present itself. So you have those patients who need additional beds. You go find those beds. You don't build the beds. Right. Okay. I guess just to close it out, if you would share some tools or tips, they can either be kind of tried and true methods or resources, or maybe some hidden gems, you know, for folks in this type of environment, where can they look for resources? I think at the end of the day, it all starts with relationships. And that's why we're here at Nick doing what we're doing uh, this week is networking with people that we can partner with and be collaborative on how to get projects done and acquisitions done for those owner operators. Be collaborative with your lenders. Think about, do I have trapped equity and other properties that I already own that I could pool together and tap into to come up with the equity to make that acquisition? Are there some creative loan structures based on the way that my company is structured that will allow me to leverage my portfolio and to go make those acquisitions? Um, Partnering with working capital lenders that allow you to leverage your AR assets for short-term liquidity can be a way to tap into something to give you resources. Okay. I think at the end of the day, again, there are a lot of people here that source equity and cash in a lot of different ways. And if you have a network of diversified partners, there's ways to still get deals done. Terrific. Well, Jessica, thanks so much for sharing your insights and what is always a busy week here at Nick. Some great takeaways there. Uh, For McKnight's, I'm Kim Marcellus. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in long-term care news, visit mcknights.com.